you being pressured to buy cabinets at a suspiciously low discount price? A price that's going to disappear before you have a chance to professionally design your kitchen? You better call Paul. Hi, Charles. Can hey, you Paul. Welcome to Better Call Paul. Okay, I'm looking at your plan and looking at the pictures and stuff that you've got here. Okay. A couple of things I'd say. The design that you've got here, the hood area, where's your stove going in the plan here? That's Yeah, so yeah, so the um so the area that's seventy by then there's a, we're taking out a wall. So 70, then mm -hmm. four and a half, then what is that? 25. It's going to go, it's going to be centered on that wall. So it's going to be centered on the wall. So I guess the thing that you sent me was just existing cabinetry or something. like. Now, uh, this is our, this is a conceptual plan of, you know, where we, where we, where we want to go. Well, so the layout we, we have that you have here isn't designed anything like the hood area that you're showing or anything and this is not even a stove in the picture right yeah this layout. is just a yeah this is just a conceptual you know so drawing. you're a, so the yeah, yeah so you're a long way away from figuring a lot of stuff out you know because if you're going to have your stove here also i guess the wall that you're taking out is that in back of your island well the, yeah the wall that we're taking out so the, the arrangement now is just totally different than what I said mm -hmm. to you. That's future right. state. So what's in back the of wall the wall comes out. Uh, yeah. So the the wall t today goes through would go through the island. Okay, but what's in back of the island? You know, what's in uh, back, so back of the, of the island that are at the island? Just open space. So there's an exterior door, seventy five point five inches double exterior door. And then it's just open space. Okay, so you're when you do this design, you're also giving up having a table in the room. Well, well, there is a table uh, pictured somewhere else. It's bottom right. Excuse me, bottom left corner. We've got a bay window and a table there. And is going to be room for that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's not even on. Not even on his drawings. Bottom. Yeah, I mean, not I even on this. But when you have that bay window and you have that table, how far does it stick out? Does it go in front of the island or in back of the island? Does it stick into the back of the island? And how far away is uh, that going to be? It's it's a long ways from it. A lot of, lot of okay. open space there. No okay. Well, that. I mean, I look at this, you know, you need some professional help to really get it planned out. And then when you don't have all the dimensions and everything for all everything that you're considering, then... That's yeah. just, you know, you don't give the, the person doesn't have enough information to really, truly help you. So that's sort of why what I would say the first thing to do is get somebody, a professional to come out and measure the whole space, measure the walls, measure where the windows are, measure everything. So you exactly know how much space you have when you're leaving some distance between your sink and your huge stove and everything else that you know what you end up with between the, the back of the island and the doorways and everything else. And even your island, there's very basic things about your island that make it sort of silly as far as a design goes. And that's that you, I'm sure you want the granite or the marble or the quartz or whatever your countertop is going to be made out of 
to all be one piece. And you've got an island that's 72 inches by 164. And there are no slabs of granite, quartz, marble, or whatever that come that big. So I don't think you want a big seam going through your island. So yeah, um, we're gonna do so we're gonna do like a bookmark where you've got one design, two slabs. So if you're gonna do one design and two slabs, then you're going the 72 inches is no problem. So you got 72 and 64 is 80. You still can't do it. Let me divide yeah, it let me explain. You'll have uh, 84 by 72 if you divide it in half. And a slab comes as big. The widest a slab comes is 60. So one of your dimensions has to stay 60, right? If you you can you can't double it. So this just I'm just bringing to your attention the fact that there's a lot of thought process that you're doing and working on, and you don't have this information that that a professional hasn't helped you with, and you're you yeah, can't. Yeah, let me, let me I haven't explained what what I'm what I'm going to do. It, yeah. it, it's going to be sixty, and it's going to be one ninety nine. So you see that red line? We're going to push that island out to one ninety nine. It's going to be one ninety nine, and sixty. Right. Okay. So that's not what's on the page, but that that will work. One ninety nine and sixty. Then you'll have to have it bookmarked, as you said, and then that will also mean that the kinds of tops that you're going to get where this where you ha you're going to have a seam and it's going to be obvious where that seam is, but you, the pattern can sort of continue, but you'll have a seam on it. But depending on the pattern that you pick, if it is something that can be bookmarked and continue, that will make the countertop yep. way more expensive, right? So you'll yeah, be okay. looking at $120 a square foot. And it's also, you're talking about an island that's so big, I've never sold one in 30 years that way, right? So I, I would yeah. say that if you're going to get an island that big, most people would make it two islands or something instead of one really long island. So that's all those kind of things yeah. is... You know, things that come into your head, all without the temperance of being a professional and knowing what stuff is really sort of done and what sort of makes sense. And that's why we sort of help customers. And, you know, I would discourage anybody to think long and hard on a 199-inch island yeah. because it's it's like putting an aircraft carrier in the middle of the kitchen, right? So Yeah, yeah we, we've, we've got to pick a sort of a cabinet line and start, right. you know, focusing then on a design around those. Around then, those parameters, because sure. every company's got their own, you know, do's and don'ts and what's available and that sort of thing. So I'm yeah. looking at what are, you know, as far as value, what companies, you well, know, offer. Well, if you want that you kind know, of hood that you have in the picture. We're looking for like an door in the cabinet, too. We're not wanting like a box, you know, with a door on it. We want the door to insert into the cabinet. Yeah. So once you're doing that, you're going to be, and your hood that you're getting, that is all going to only be available in higher end cabinet brands. So you're going to be Starmark. You mentioned, I don't like Dura Supreme because the company itself, we found when we worked with them was not honorable. They didn't honor their warranties to our customers and some other issues. So I would discourage you from ordering from Dura Supreme unless okay. the company that's selling the Dura Supreme has a really good reputation and then they'll stand behind yeah. anything Dora Supreme wouldn't stand behind and they'll make it right. I mean, that's what we did when Dora Supreme wouldn't honor our customer's warranty. Then we stood I, behind. Do you know anything about Fieldstone? 
Yeah, Fieldstone's got a good reputation. And Fieldstone, Starmark, that they're pretty much used to be the same thing, just with different names on them. Other brands oh. that will be in the same kind of ballpark would be Medallion uh, is another one. Dynasty would be another one. Um, Omega Dynasty or Dynasty Omega by Dynasty by Omega or Dynasty. They're all you're, you're going to need to be in a higher end and or custom cabinet brand like the Fieldstone and the Starmark and Medallion will be the least expensive brands that you'll be able to get the inset and maybe the hood that you're trying to do. You know, so we're trying to narrow down a range of companies. And mm-hmm. you said the lowest price point is Starmark or Fieldstone. Um, or Fieldstone. You, you have to be in, once you're getting inset cabinets, once the doors are going into the front of the cabinet, then you either have to be in a custom cabinet brand or you have to be wow. very, very close to a custom cabinet brand. So Fieldstone. But, so besides that, who else is, is in that? Same market, Star, yeah. Star Mark and Fieldstone. Star Mark, Fieldstone, Medallion, Dynasty. That they, they would be the most. Yeah. We sell Brighton, which I think is the best. Is a great. It's a custom cabinet, but it's a great value, so it's around the same price. But that might be a harder. You know, that's not as big a cabinet brand, and it's not sold as many places as Fieldstone or Medallion would be. Okay. Um, yeah. And actually, Schuler at Lowe's is the same thing as Medallion. However, the designers at Lowe's are probably not good enough to design an inset cabinetry. So they might not actually yeah. offer inset cabinetry at Lowe's, even though Schuler should, only because it's the same thing as Medallion, but they might be just worried that their designers would make too many mistakes if they were selling inset. Okay. It gets much about, harder uh, when you're in store, when you're doing when you're insetting cabinetry. There's all kinds. Uh, it gets very very complicated. So it's you got to be pretty much Albert Einstein to get all the things to work. And the panels, if you're getting refrigerators that accept panels and things like that, you have to be a pretty sophisticated yeah. kitchen designer to have all those panels yeah. come right and have everything work. Yeah. Yeah, another plant that's like five miles from me is Ultracraft. I don't think they do inset, though. No, they're a frameless cabinet brand, so they don't do inset. Okay. That, that's a whole different animal. Ultracraft would yeah. be like Ikea. It's frameless like Ikea. It's not put together. You know, it comes assembled, but it's the same thing. There's no uh-huh. front on the cabinet. There's no solid wood front on the cabinet. It's just a, yeah. a box, a particle board box with doors on it. Are you familiar with Wood Harbor? Wood Harbor? I don't know, but we probably uh-huh. rate it on our website. Doesn't I don't know it that well off the top of my head. Um, okay. We probably rate it on our website. If it's a price level five, then it probably does in set. Okay. Um, yeah, I think you rate. Uh, I think you rate um, Fieldstone as a four point five. Which yeah, get, Fieldstone will probably you know, be get, the least expensive cabinet brand that you'll find that will do the in set. You know, and I've seen their product, and, and I, I think it looks pretty good, honestly. No, I think it's very the other nice. Thing is, I like Fieldstone. I, the other, Field, Fieldstone is offering a 20% discount right now, a promotional. Oh, that's good. So I, don't know, I don't know if that's a typical thing or if it's just well, you know, just the luck of the draw. Yeah, I don't know. Big promotions I, I, I'm always very suspicious of. <laughs> but, um, you know, the one thing is, is don't rush to get your order in. 
only because it's going to be very, very complicated. And you're very, very, very far away from ordering a kitchen. I mean, just the the thought process you have to go through to create hoods like these and to do inset cabinets. Are you going to get appliances like refrigerators that are very expensive that accept panels? No, I'm going to use a standard refrigerator. And, and then the other thing, too, I'd say about the designs that you're sending me, they're pretty ornate. They're what's called French country kitchens. And yeah. the only thing I tell you is they went out of style 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So it, it's not something that we do very often now. So, I mean, it, it's, yeah, I know it's, it's what is in style now, but you know, that's a trend I think that comes and goes. Uh, we like the Ray panel door just because mm-hmm. we think it's going to, it's a tried and true. It's going to last more than the shaker. Style. Well, you can get a recessed panel door that wasn't a raised panel door. The, Raised panel doors haven't been popular now for 20 years. So it's not something that's coming back soon, right? <laughs> it, it's, it, they haven't been popular for 20 years. So, you know, and now probably raised panel doors in our company, we probably sell under 5% raised panel doors. There's all kinds of recessed panel doors with all kinds of profiles and everything else, but literally raised panel doors probably 5%, maybe, no more than 10% of all our sales. So it's something to to keep in mind only. If you don't care about resale value for your home, then it doesn't make a difference. You just do whatever you want. Do the style that you like. If you're planning on getting money back for the kitchen that you're creating and you pick a style that 95% of the other people in the world wouldn't be picking, then, you know. Although in your area, where are you located? North Carolina. So in North, and is it a rural area of North Carolina? It is. So rural areas, like even in upstate Pennsylvania and rural areas down South, generally are at least 10 years behind or 15 years behind the trends that happen in the rest of the world. So in your area, probably it's only 10 years out of style, a raised panel door. But if you looked at the new homes that people are building and things like that in your area, They'll still be flat panels, but you probably have a long, long road since those areas tend to do the same things that our areas do just 10 or 15 years later. You know, you got a long, you got a long comeback to uh, raise panels. We haven't come back. What's number one right now? Well, number one is still shaker doors, but people are getting sick of that and it's people are getting away from it. So that trend right now is changing rapidly but it's still probably 50 percent of all kitchens what 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 are people gravitating to now it's people are changing to different colors in cabinets Uh like islands that are different colors than regular kitchens kitchens that are not all white anymore people are getting away from all white kitchens and people are getting recessed doors but with profiles on you know so inside profiles like you know the first kitchen that you sent is a recessed panel door right the, the gruel kitchen remodel picture with that big hood and everything on it those aren't raised panel yeah. doors those are recessed panel doors they're not shaker doors they're recessed panel yeah doors. so that would be a yeah. popular door style now and then right. 
Plus the other thing I would say about those big giant hoods that go down to the countertop, they were always something that I hated. And the reason that I, I hate them is you have this big giant stove or big giant cooktop, which the only reason to have it is that you cook a lot. Or the yeah. only reason to really use it is that you really want to do some great cooking projects. But when the hood comes down to the countertop, you just ruin the countertop working space <laughs> on each side of the yeah. stove. So yeah, the people that do that big hood with the thing coming down to the stove, they usually don't even yeah. cook, right? They're only people that they're rich people that just want to look at this thing and they're never even going to cook on the stove. They might even be getting yeah. European stove. But if you really want to work in uh, your kitchen, I don't go all the way down to the countertop. You can do that kind of hood and just stop it uh, at the same level as the wall cabinets. And then you'll have continuous countertop where you could be cutting and chopping and working at. But, I mean, the handles of the pots and pans, when they turn out, they're actually going to be hitting yeah. it. Those yeah. pots and pans handles yeah. are going to be hitting those things coming down. Yeah. Yeah, we were going to do more like what's in slide six, you know, with a tapered hood, you know, maybe metal, you know, mm -hmm. with some wood trim at the bottom, something like that. Okay. Do you have any experience with like galley sinks? You mean like workstation sinks? Like really, yeah, really like big a, sinks with have all kinds of things that slide and, and everything else? Yeah, yeah. Well, the only thing is, is that those kind of sinks, I think, are great. However, people always ask me, well, what's a good style for a kitchen? And the answer is, if you're a kitchen designer, you can't have one style that you like. Your job is to figure out what style your customer likes and then to design within that style so that you can help them get a kitchen that makes sense. So we have to design in ultra modern kitchens. We have to design in, in French country kitchens. We have to design in transitional and traditional, all these different styles. But that workstation sink doesn't look so great with a very mm -hmm. traditional French country kind of kitchen. So the more ornate the kitchen is, as, as it gets more and more ornate and maybe gets a more and more white, the more and more likely yeah. it is to be either an undermount or a farm sink or something a little yeah. bit simpler without all that different stuff. So that's really why you really, I think, want to look for a good, to find yourself a good kitchen designer. At a dealership that sells one of these brands that will help you. And when you get a good kitchen designer and you get plans, you can call into the podcast again and we can review your plans and, and take a look at them. Because especially if you're doing this kind of kitchen, it's so complicated. And we know that even our own kitchen designers, when they do these yeah. designs, it gets reviewed by several people. And it usually takes a bunch of us to get it all right because it's pretty hard. Right. I mean, it's really, it's difficult. Yeah. And then most companies don't do that. So usually when we get plans and drawings, there's mistakes that we find in them that we can help you correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, the takeaway here is it, it sounds like Fieldstone rises to the top in terms of value. You know, yeah, based I think, on the I kind think of that's cabinet. probably going to be the best value that, or Starmark, because it's the same thing as Fieldstone, or... Probably the absolutely least expensive brand that does inset, to my knowledge, is Decora. And that's a pretty big brand because that's a master brand's brand. Is that D-E-C-O-R? 
uh, Decora, D-E-C-O-R-A, I believe. D-E-C-O-R-A. That should be around a lot. When I sold Decora, they didn't do inset cabinets, but I know that they do inset cabinets. I don't think they're quite as nice a finish, maybe, as the Fieldstone cabinets, but they should be less expensive. They used to be constructed a little bit nicer than the Fieldstone, but they had a hanging rail and some other stuff that made them a pretty well-made cabinet. It's another one of these, and it's probably, in my knowledge, it would be the least expensive company that would do inset. Okay. And again, right. so I think that they also are sold at home at some Home Depots. And I again, I don't think that the Home Depots and the Lowe's stores do, the, even though if the cabinet brand does the inset, I think they, uh -huh. they prevent the designers from selling it. So they're not allowed to sell inset. At least okay. around here, they're right. Right, right, and I wouldn't so let really any of them do it because it's hard. Yeah, no, I agree. So th those are the three to work with: Star Mark, which is the same as Fieldstone, Fieldstone. and Decor. You know, if you're looking to get inset cabinets from a good company, that's going to be at the bottom end of the price point. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: so this this Fieldstone promotional ends like oh, okay. February the twelfth. So we want to move. You know. Quickly, to you got to get, get working done. on your so design that, fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then companies that sell fieldstone, they'll do that. You just explain to them what you want, and they'll draw something up and render it. And you know, hey, well, change this, change that, and then yeah. But that's the thing it, is, if you're going to do this right, you shouldn't be leading the charge. You should show the designer the pictures, and then the designer takes the measurements. The first step, yeah. If you're supplying the measurements to a kitchen designer then we know that mm -hmm. their company stinks, right? No good company is yeah. going to take anybody's measurements. We wouldn't do that because right. we know that every customer would get the wrong measurements and their kitchen wouldn't fit. Yeah. If, if we're going to have good relationships with customers, we have to come out and measure. So the first step in this yeah. process is a professional comes out to your house, they measure everything, they take a look at what's in the walls, maybe that you're going to be taking out just to make sure that they can catch something that you might not have thought of. A lot of times people say, well, it's not a load-bearing wall. And first off, they're wrong. But then even if they're right, load-bearing walls aren't hard for us to take out. It's The hard part is, is what if there's lots of heating ducts or a plumbing stack that's in the wall? Then suddenly getting that yeah. thing moved or, or relocated can be a real challenge for the kitchen designer. So really, when we're yeah. designing your kitchens, we have to figure out how we're hiding any plumbing lines that we have to move or stacks that we have to move or anything else that's in the wall that makes it a challenge, how it's going to be done. Yeah, yeah. I got so, you. Yeah, you know, you're sure. working on all of that stuff. Go to the Fieldstone place, get them to come out and measure. And if they say to you, oh, we don't do measurements, then you ha you can't work. I could give your kitchen to a tons of designers that even, or not tons, but some of the designers that work yeah. for me, and they've been doing it for 30 years, and they wouldn't yeah. be able to do that my help. What are you what What are you finding in the as far as flooring? We we're thinking about hardwood, not you know real hardwood floors, not the laminate stuff. Uh, well, the good thing about real hardwood is you could sand it down, right? If you get if it gets damaged or anything. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. hardwood. It gets nicked and scratched and needs to be touched up and and sanded sometimes. And your kitchen takes a lot of beating, you know, especially yeah. some of the appliances. Like if you did get a five foot, like in the picture, the first picture you got. You got a five foot range yeah. well, that weighs 800 pounds. So getting that 
stove in place without scratching the floor is difficult for the, yeah. the people moving it in. Same thing if you're getting really big refrigerators or anything else. So you just, uh, you know, you got to be careful. And, you know, if it's uh, porcelain tile and it's installed correctly, that's indestructible. But then that's hard and cold on your feet. So, yeah, uh, the hardwood yeah. just is a, is a good, is nice. And it's really popular now. You just, you know, if it does get scratched, a lot of times what happens with hardwood is that the contractors put it in and put the cabinets in and they don't do a final finish on the hardwood until after the kitchen is pretty much done. Right. We'll put a cup of poly, we'll put maybe two or three cups of polyurethane on it and then install the cabinets and do white sand and do a final coat at the very end. Yeah, that's a good idea. One thing is, is if you're doing hardwood, if you pick either a natural finish or a dark finish, mm -hmm. then it's very easy to touch up. A natural finish scratches natural. So you don't have to worry about scratches. You just urethane over them, right? Or sand them and urethane them over them and you're fine. Dark finishes, if they get scratched and you touch it up with a stain, the stain will come out a little darker than the wood was because it's rougher. But because it's such a dark floor, it won't be very noticeable. If you have a medium color stain and it gets scratched, there's no way to really touch it up. Because if you were to put stain on it, because the, the scratch will be rough, the stain will come out very dark and it will make your scratch that much more obvious. So that's just the reason why a lot of the times natural finishes and dark wood finishes are so popular in hardwood floors. Right. Got it. So, uh, but yeah, so, uh, you know, get to work and maybe we'll see you again okay. on a future call. And if you're looking for numbers, has anybody given you any numbers yet? Mm, I had a quote done in Ultracraft, mm -hmm. and it was like $50,000, just cats, no tops. Yeah, so I would think that you're looking at, even in Fieldstone, well, and remember, Ultracraft is nowhere near as well-made or anything else and doesn't have any of these things, these looks and everything. That, you know, it's really ultra craft because it's a frameless cabinet. Their specialty will be modern cabinets, not more traditional. Yeah. And the traditional looks, if you do get corbels and you get fancy hoods and things like that, those things can be very expensive. So I would think that you're, yeah. you're looking at more than 50, sir. I think even in Decora, you might be at 60 or something like that. But it will come right. down to when they're designing it, how exactly it's designed. So there'll be lots of yeah. different choices that you'll have. Yeah, I got a I got a you know a conceptual or budget cost of eighty five thousand with uh, two that extra frames. Only so cabinets. That ca that's cabinets, and does that include countertops? Does that include sinks, faucets, uh, handles, flooring? No, just cabinets. No flooring. Just cabinets. Just cabinets. Yeah, you should be able to stay yep. under eighty five thousand. I think. Yeah. In, in the other. Okay. Room. Well, I mean, if I mean, and if you could get twenty percent, you know, let's say if it's seventy, I mean, that's fourteen thousand dollars. Right. I mean, right. that, that yeah. twenty that percent discount now could be huge. Sure. Yeah. That's a big discount, you know. So that makes me wonder, right? I mean, when once a discount is twenty percent, yeah. I don't know that there's ever been a twenty percent discount that 
any cabinet company we've ever sold ever had. A yeah. 10% discount was probably the biggest I've ever known. So once you start getting 20% discounts, it sort of makes me think that it's really not a 20% discount. They increased the price by 20% and then lowered it by 20%, right? Only because if you got a 20% discount and you're mar how much are you marking up the cabinets, right? So let's yeah, say you're, that, you're, a pretty you're a pretty reasonable dealer. So that like we would be. And if we're marking right. up the cabinet, you know, the cabinet company itself can't i mean if they had a if they had a 20 percent discount themselves yeah that would be gigantic yeah. right so it's got to be some yeah. combination of the, the manufacturer and the retailer or whatever but everybody's making so much less money unless they're marking the cab that's up a hundred percent first and then giving you 20 percent off right if they're marking the cab that's up like we mark cab that's up generally about six sixty percent so if we buy the cabinets from the manufacturer for ten thousand dollars, we sell them for sixteen. So if we gave you a uh -huh. twenty percent discount, and it was coming out of our pocket, now suddenly you'd be paying us for twelve thousand five hundred dollars or something, like twelve thousand seven hundred dollars, and we paid yeah. ten thousand for it. So we'd only be making two yeah. and a half thousand dollars for all of this work and and warrantying it and having to correct our mistakes and everything else. So when you get the 20%, that number two scares me a little bit because it just means, how are they doing that? It seems like, well, they couldn't have been a good buy before then. Right. Right. So, you know, when, when it comes to, you know, getting the final price, what's the, what's the best way to get the best price? And, and I know that risk come into play here. For example, if I were to assume more of the risk, could I possibly leverage the price down some? No, I think it's the opposite, right? That... If you assume more of the risk and somebody ever gives you a discount for accepting more of the risk, like if you said to us, just use our measurements, we know that your job would be going on for two years, right? Because it'd be so many mistakes in it. We couldn't help you because we didn't measure it or do anything. So you'd be a customer that would just never go away. And we wouldn't even mm -hmm. sell you the kitchen. If a customer is going to buy $100,000 in cabinets from us, but their whole business model is crazy. We don't want their business. We'll be able to sell $300,000 of other people's kitchens in the same amount of time and be making money. So, yeah, I mean, assuming more of the risk sort of just means that somebody's that much more likely to be ripping you off. Okay. I mean, you really have to, All right. to have your kitchen be successful. Somebody's got to be good yeah. at this. And then if they're good at it, they won't let you, which is also why well, what's, 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 discounts that sort of disappear over time. Forcing people to buy when possibly they're not ready is also sort yeah. of not a great idea, right? What's the, what, yeah, so what is the best strategy for sourcing at the best price? I think the best strategy is you're not looking for the brand as much as you're looking for the company that you're buying your cabinets from and the designer that's designing it. So like if you were going to get a transmission done on your car, you wouldn't be trying to figure out how to do the transmission yourself. You'd be just looking for reviews and everything of the company, the garage that we, we would be doing your transmission and seeing that they got good reviews and everything else and that they did a lot of transmissions and that the reviews talked about transmissions and things like that. And then that company, if they're good at doing it, then 
they'll have one of these brands. They'll have Decora, they'll have Fieldstone, they'll have Starmark. And you can double check that before you work with them. But if you find the right company, I can make your kitchen 20% less just by making changes to it that you wouldn't even realize were being done. Yeah. If we you know, made the panels, uh, the middle panels, hardwood, because you told us to, that wouldn't even be smart. It would be better to do a recess panel in an MDF. But there's all kinds of different ways that kitchen designers can modify designs and 5, 10, 15% at a clip save customers money over one version versus another. We have a whole blog on that too. When you're really working the price compare one thing to another and you shop things around all over the place, sooner or later you just run into the person that's dishonest and then you will never be sophisticated enough to know when they're stealing from, right? So you want to look to find somebody that's good and that gets good recommendations that people think does a good job and is helpful and not ripping them off and then work with them, right? Only because they'll have your best interest at heart because they're good designers and they're good at their job. And then they'll help direct you and, and they'll show you how to save money. They'll say, you know, this door style that you're getting is a miter door style and it makes it 20% more expensive. Whereas this door style isn't a miter door style and the seams aren't going to open up. So it's going to look better over time and it's going to save you 20% versus the company right. that you just point to the miter door style and then they just give it to you because it's more expensive and, you know, never have that conversation. Okay. That would be the strategy that I would use. It's certainly not the strategy that most people use, but it is the strategy that I use a lot of the times when I'm in over my head, when I'm dealing with internet companies or advertisers that know more about something than I know, then I look yeah. for the company that, you know, has the best reputation and then take their advice. Right. And then they're like, well, what, what would you like here? And I just, you know, I'll say, well, what do you recommend? And they laugh. They go, most people just tell us. And I said, well, no, you're the expert. What do you recommend? And they think I'm a great customer because I'm taking their recommendations, but it's because I'm in over my head. And that's a good way to do it is to shop around to find a good company. And then once you find them, don't micromanage them. Let them help you. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. I appreciate your time. All right. Good talking to you, Charles. Take care. Bye. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Mainline Kitchen Design Podcast with nationally acclaimed kitchen designer Paul McElary. This podcast was brought to you by Brighton Cabinetry, high-quality custom cabinetry at competitive prices. For more on kitchen cabinets and kitchen design, go to www.mainlinekitchendesign.com.